ronga ronga jinu jako Jina matira mwari wako Vajinye mwerera munu wako Waibatira wemuri yako Bana wawakasi ya musako Wakavundu tirwa ne matako Ukavumuru wa ameno hako Ukavumbiru wa bana ishu Ukamamiru wa bana tishu Jaitek stirwa maamishu Jaiflexiru wa macho tishu Welcome back to the Black and Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Tino Kudotondo. I don't know I ain't gonna repeat that. Here's a podcast that's created the dialogue and the space for black men to be their most authentic selves. Now, you guys had heard that little song at the start of this episode, and you may want to know who this talented individual is who's, you know, making music. Um, we actually don't talk about him making music on this episode, but um, his stage name is Joker Da Vinci. Um, but I also know him as Takunda Midzi, um, who you know has recently moved to the UK about a year ago, and you know he came to work in the UK, and he's my cousin, so so he was living with us for a bit as he was settling, and you know I never really knew. M- knew him that well before he came to the UK um, but then when he did we literally just put on like a house on fire to be honest with you he became one of my closest friends so quickly just because of all the interests that we have and you know we get along really well and and we talk about sort of loads of different things football basketball um, politics news um, anything and everything really so this episode sort of shows that in terms of we talk about so many different things um we talk about russia and putin and china we talk about how africa can be put onto the map um and the issues that are affecting our continent and you know we discuss in terms of taku's childhood a little bit and his experiences before moving to the uk and you know then we divert to football and we talk about ai and then we talk about some of the movies that we love and you know then we talk about Zimbabweans that are doing well and excelling um, in society and so this is really a mixed bag of a conversation um, it's just sort of two cousins who are really great friends just chatting to be honest with you that's that's sort of what this episode is so I hope you like this sort of different episode it was recorded live in my studio me and him together so the youtube video is out there for you guys to go and watch this is going to be a part one of a two-part conversation so next week you'll get part two so i hope you guys really enjoy the episode and yeah i don't think i have much more else to say to you guys other than thank you very much for listening tell me what you think and here is my episode with takunda Mitsu. Uh, welcome, welcome to the Black and Roll podcast. It's, it's good to have you on, man. It's good to have you on. Yeah, always. The the Black and Roll podcast lasts every day, bro. Like, we just every conversation that we have is is a podcast. Yeah, I feel that way. I feel that way. You know, I think that's why 
why I've actually loved having you here. Um, and I remember when you first came and we were literally like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, you came and we had so many interests and like we would talk about different things like politics and you know, so society, philosophy, football, basketball, like music and there was so much that yeah. we debated on and we both enjoyed like it's beautiful, you know, like it's very rare to have someone with whom you can discuss such profound things, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean yeah, because yesterday not even yesterday, what Saturday, I sent you a podcast about Putin and Xi Jinping and yeah, the discussion look. about those two talking and another one as well, which was even just sort of on that politics level. I think it's something of great interest to everyone because Xi Jinping is now perhaps the most powerful man in the world because the president of the United States isn't in such a strong position. Vladimir Putin has had his cloak of invincibility taken away from him. And so now Xi Jinping stands alone at the pinnacle. <laughs> so yeah, I think you opened up something that was, you know, yeah, by sending that link. Yeah, and it was it was just very interesting because I've been hearing a lot of podcasts recently where they're discussing about Russia and even America's tensions and what was that um politician I sent you that was in the seventies and he was talk it was in the Cold War. He would advise presidents. Oh, oh Henry Kissinger. Yeah, Henry Kissinger. Yes, yes. Henry Kissinger, if ever there was like a dark force behind uses. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, Henry Kissinger played a very pivotal role in Zimbabwe's independence movement. Okay. Because it took place in the backdrop of the Cold War where um, the United States felt that they had to push the decolonization movement so that African countries wouldn't gravitate towards the Soviet Union and communism. Uh, so that was the rhetoric back then. So Kissinger went to the Brits and said, look, give these guys their independence. Otherwise, they're just going to become more Marxist and communist. And fair enough, because the Chinese and the Russians were supporting mm. liberation movements in Africa. You know, so that was a big fear. And so Henry Kissinger was at all these conferences. And the thing is, Zimbabwe's independence took a very long time because there was the UDI, which was the white settler minority declaring independence from mm. the Brits. A lot of people say we were independent from the British, but no, when we gained our independence, we were gaining it from the 
white settler minority party which had rebelled against the crown and declared independence. And so they too were like a pariah, you know, but because they had, I guess, such strong structures and a good army, they were able to deter the liberation movement for a long time. Also had a lot of support from South Africa who felt that um, the apartheid government felt that if Zimbabwe fell to the blacks, then the tide would come down to South Africa just as quickly. And so they made us hold, they made the white people hold out for so long, you know. So those are the dynamics that uh, Zimbabwe gained independence into. And Henry Kissinger was, yeah. I know he's got, he's, he doesn't have his shining a track record in South America. You know, he supported coups and stuff yeah, like mean, that. Yeah, I mean, what America did in South America. Yeah. Borderline human rights crime. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fair enough. And it's, you know what? When you see history and you hear about it and like, you're just thinking, oh my gosh, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Like, in terms oh, wow. of, like, We've been on the edge of things. Like the Cold War was tense. Kind of like Ukraine before Ukraine, mm. if you think about it. The United States didn't want any Soviet influence in their backyard. And so they decided to take action in Cuba and anywhere else in South America yeah. where it seemed as though um, Soviet leaning governments were taking over. They'll just put up a queue, a coup and install a dictator, you know. Put that on, man. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know if you've seen my cousin Panache told mm-hmm. me about this show called uh, Snowfall. I don't know if I've told you to watch it, but it's basically about how the CIA... Yeah, not about cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> CIA <laughs> can't cocaine. In, yeah. And the fact that that was to support yeah, wars yeah. in yeah. Colombia, fighting oh, communists and... That's where the money from the drugs, the money the drugs were making, went back to the CIA so they could, oh, you know, gosh. do shit <laughs> to, to South America. <laughs> to, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I feel as though right now we need another wave of like independence in Africa, you know. We need to be free of this phase that we've been in of, you know, what do they call them? When you're sailing across the ocean and um, the wind isn't blowing your sails and you're sort of stuck. Doldrums, they call doldrums. That's that's where we've been in, in, in Africa since the independence movement, which was great for all of us, you know, free from the yoke of the oppressor but i feel like now we need to step up and take control of our own destiny you know and i think if we work hard to make it happen on our part everything else will fall in place you know if i ask you this question if I bring up like Saudi Arabia or Qatar, if, if I say, if I mention the word Arab, what is it that you think about today? 
money, influence. Arab money power. and influence, yeah. dog. You know, they're also the sponsors of the oh, the summit that the world leaders go for. What, like G7 or whatever? Nah, nah, nah. It's the, it's the Global Warming Summit. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I know what I'm doing. Yeah. They're sponsoring that. Yeah. And but listen, what I'm getting to is if you conjure up the image of an Arabic ethnicity, it's now about Arab money. 20 mm. years ago, that wasn't the case. 20 years ago, the image of an Arabic man conjured images of terrorism and fear within Western society. You know, that's after the, the 9-11 and the war on terror, you know, and all of that. And the Arabic reg region was under so much chaos, but they've managed to reform their image within a very short space of time. And that change did not occur within the Arabic diaspora that's all over the world. It occurred within Arabia itself. So that now Dubai is one of the prime shopping destinations mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. Qatar wants to buy Manchester United. They just had They've a already World hosted Cup. the World Cup. Yeah, they just hosted <laughs> the World Cup and got through it. <laughs> You know, we all knew about what was happening yeah, for the migrants. They got through it. And Qatar I, is about to buy Manchester United. Potentially. Potentially. The it, big, well, also, not also one of the biggest clubs yeah. in the world. Let's, let's be, yeah. Let's be honest about that. So, 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 so what I'm saying is, I think that if Africa prospers from within Africa, then black people all over the world will be a lot more respected in whatever country they're in. Because for whatever accomplishments we make in the United States, in the United Kingdom, wherever there are black minorities, they will always see black people as people who come from that continent, which isn't prospering. And that fosters the outside image. But the good news is we've got examples from many other peoples over time, like what I've just said with the Arabs, the Japanese, the Chinese. They all went through these phases when they were looked down upon and everything was down. The, J the Japs got nuked, bro. <laughs> twice, bro. They got nuked twice Jeez. and they came back from it. Yeah. We can do it, bro. I, I honestly believe... In, in, in black people Which is why I don't care Now we can bring up The issue of Affirmative action That you want <laughs> <laughs> Although before, before that I did want to Say a point On what you just said Because Oh yeah We've talked about um, the Chinese investment In Africa And we've talked about How Africans can Empower the money That they're getting From China And You know Put it, Put those resources back into the country, but also that, remember when I, I remember I say to you often that Africa could literally be the next powerhouse of the world. We need a green evolution, right? Where are all the resources? Where are all the people? Where is all the space? Mm. It's in Africa. It's in Africa. Mm. So yeah. we need to be taking advantage of that. And I think they are building a, I can't remember what it was called, but it's like a tree line, across 
Oh, Africa. the um, across the Sahel. Yeah, 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 yeah. they call it the Great Wall, the Green Great Green Wall. Great Green Wall. Yeah. yeah. And I love that idea. I mean, they're doing it out of necessity because the the desert is just keep is expanding. Yeah, yeah, it's just expanding. But it's also going to protect homes. It's going to protect people's livelihoods. Like, yeah, also interesting then- to see how that works. I've mm. seen, I've seen them re re green desert areas in China quite mm. successfully. So and I'm listen, hoping that can work. And they're there, so you know. might as well help out, lads. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of need it. We kind of need more space. If we can terraform the Sahara, then we can terraform Mars mm. in a hundred <laughs> years' time or whatever, you know. That'd be bonkers, you know, terraforming. Yeah. Maybe the key to that is like desalination. What's that? Uh, when you turn ocean water into fresh water so you're removing the salt desalination mm. you know so most um arabic countries do that you know and israel does that lands. Mm-hmm. Um. yeah so but it's quite it's a very expensive technology i mean they got oil so kind of helps <laughs> yeah fair <laughs> enough fair enough so if we can do that in africa because i think one of the big problems in Africa is the lack of water Mm. in general. Like there's a lot of population areas that fall under dry and arid regions. And so there's always an issue of like food security. I don't know if you've seen how the war in Ukraine might cause a famine in the Horn of Africa because most of their grains come from from Ukraine. So you see that's, there's some fundamentals that you need in order to move forward. So I think addressing the issue of water can go a long way in helping Africa develop, I think. Yeah, honestly, I think it just needs to sort of happen. You know what I mean? Because we are seeing it with China. We are seeing it with maybe Mm. China the most. But yeah, and Tokyo and Japan, as you were saying. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's time. It's time for us to be there. Time for us to be at the table. Yeah, you know, it's time for us to be at the fucking because table. Look, like our people are having to resort to social justice movements to guilt trip us a seat at the table. <laughs> we we should force ourselves a seat at the table. We can do it. You know. I mean, it's it's a good method. We can just guilt trip them to say, hey, you yeah. guys screwed us over. Please <laughs> give us some whatever, you know. But yeah, as you were saying, we need to be seen as power players, as Dubai are now. So I, I think we can do it. I'm hopeful we do it because it also makes for a better planet, to be honest with you. Mm. Because if we're having, you know, challenge, not challenges, but if we're having big boys at the table, China's a big boy. America's a big boy. Mm. But if you've got all these African countries, like, we're, we're huge. Our continent's huge, bro. Mm. The people are there. The people are everywhere, everywhere in the world. Yeah. So we can easily help. I don't know how we help build up Africa from where we are in our position, but I definitely want to be a part of that change because I want to see our continent and our people. Yeah, at the table. with this 
podcast you got going on and what what episode number is this if i may ask so it's either 63 or 64 i'm deciding when it comes out okay yeah that's great this is the first videotaped one this is like yeah this is a- like the first live videotaped one we're not going live but you know doing both at the same we're time we're trusting the technicians of panasonic <laughs> and fujifilm <laughs> So yeah, I know the GH five struggles in low light because so I want to I want to get back in terms of I want people to find out a bit about you as well. Okay, because you know you've been in the UK for a year, um, and you know we've just talked about Zimbabwe home for both of us, and I would love just to know, could you tell me what your life was like in Zim before coming here? Yeah, fair enough. You know, I'll have your viewers know that we had another podcast before this podcast where I feel like next time we should have a gimbal camera so we can record ourselves while we walk down the, you know, like the Gary Neville. Oh, yeah. What do you call that Gary Neville? The overlap. overlap. If we do the overlap in the woods, you know, I mean, walking down the woods. Down this nice little neighborhood. That's so lit. That's lit. Yeah. Okay, okay. We'll okay. do the episode two. <laughs> nah, so that. I actually feel in touch with my childhood today when I watch cricket because one of my earliest childhood memories was my mom's older brother, my Sekuru, teaching us how to play cricket because. We were all living at my grandma's house and, you know, it's just a bunch of grandkids <laughs> and he was there and he's like, yo, come outside, let's play some cricket. And we didn't really know how to play. He didn't even have a grasp of the rules, but there was such a wave of popularity coming through the country. And I think he just felt that, okay, if we teach these kids how to play cricket, maybe we're teaching them how to be cultured and how to be positive members of society rather than whatever alternative may have been there. Mm. So, and that other kids then used to come to my place to play cricket, you know. And we had to stop at some point because we were smashing in my grandma's windows. <laughs> <laughs> We've all done that before. We've all hit a window, haven't we? Just playing with a ball or something. But yeah, it's just... I'm just thinking about that as I'm watching this game here but yeah you know i think that the uk is a land of opportunity which i like because it's it's you're moving from a place where you might be able to take your opportunity but the environment doesn't support whatever it is that you want to do And then to come to a place where if you apply yourself to a reasonable extent, you can actually make it, you know. I know that even now the UK isn't doing so well, perhaps because of Brexit and the Ukraine war and COVID. It it was all a tough time for everybody. Mm. Everyone's going through it right now, to be fair. Yeah. So as, as a person who was... Joking with me 
they moved to the UK in January of last year mm. and said that they could fill a trolley with almost 70% of the money that they were now spending, you know, because cost of living and mm. whatever has gone up. That's crazy. So, but I'm here like, oh, damn, because I've survived more hostile conditions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like in a primal mindset, bro. I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be here. Yeah. No, definitely. On podcasts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's been nice to be honest with you, um, having you here because you know, you came in summer of last year mm. and you experienced some British heats. It was June Good, and it was terrible. <laughs> How did you come from a blaze of heat? But what's the difference then? Can you tell me? What's the Zimbabwe heat compared to UK heat? You're not gonna get 40 degrees Celsius heat waves in Zimbabwe. Okay. You're going to get um, 20 degrees Celsius as your average temperature going through the year. Okay, then. Or even higher, perhaps. Probably getting higher now because of global It's terrible warming. in October okay. because that's the hottest month of the year and it's very dry. But Zimbabwe is on a plateau. So it's not as hot as it should be yeah. lying in a tropical region because it's elevated. The weather is slightly cooler. So, yeah, but there's months when it's actually really hot for them. Okay. So you see they're playing this cricket now because it's winter in Zimbabwe, which is... It's the coolest time. Which You see what it's like today? Yeah. Yeah, that's like an typical winter day okay then. and then maybe there's like some frost for like a month but yeah even now it's no longer as cold as it was like when i was a little kid i remember like it would get really cold so i don't know if it's climate change or whatever <laughs> but like it, it yeah and it probably is like mom and dad went in I think it was December. Oh yeah, and they were freezing. They were freezing in the evening, bro. They were like, raw, it's cold." So you get so, those cold days, yeah, yeah, yeah. You get those cold days. So no, so yeah, and you came over, and it was we were having barbecues, and even then you sort of were here in the house for about what six months, would you say? Yeah. Like so, it's literally like I was like fresh Prince of Bel Air, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually a little cousin in the house, <laughs> chilling, chilling. Yeah, but it's been, oh my gosh. What's happened? No, Zimbabwe might lose this game. Oh, come on, lads, come on. But yeah, so yeah, it was actually great. Excellent vibes. Nah, it's fine. We've got a bit of background yeah, music yeah, we just with the vacuum <laughs> nah it's all good but yeah it was brilliant because then it was literally like I think we had COVID and it was sort of just the family and you know everyone was by themselves mm. and I had left university and so I, I ended up going back in there around June and stuff like that and hanging out with everybody but then I never really had that again after uni so mm. And then you coming over, it was literally like, oh my gosh, 
I've met someone oh, so who I was I'd the love first to spend person time to with. Break the COVID bubble. Say that again. <laughs> was I the first person to break the COVID bubble? I don't think so. Oh, okay, great, cool. But no, 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 Less no, no, pressure no. on me. <laughs> you want to be the first person that gets into a house after a year when everybody's been locked up together? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> um, because you've yeah, so because I and then I had uni again, and that was I did my masters at University of Birmingham. So mm. I did COVID, finished my third year, started my masters. So it was like back to back uni experiences. Which had been not necessarily ruined. It kind of, kind of, kind of ruined it. It was, it was annoying. I made the most of it, but and I think lots of good things came out of it. this podcast. Came out of it, mm. so I think COVID, as much as it was kind of awful, I think a lot of good can did come out of it. Yeah, did come out of it. So I'll be honest, um, and I think the world needed. A break. Remember you seeing videos of like fish coming back into reefs or like I think they're dolphins in Venice or like Yeah, like and apparently like you could see certain stars for yeah. the first time in a long time because there wasn't smoke in the air in urban areas and stuff. Exactly. So I think that and I think everyone needed a reset. I think everyone needed a it wasn't a pretty break, but I think the world needed that to be fair. Because I think now afterwards we're seeing more people want to have a work-life balance. We're seeing more people want to yeah. listen. We're talking about four-day weeks. You know, the baby. Yeah. <laughs> just trialing that. Another places are trialing that. So I don't think that would have been a pushed as much without COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's some good things. There's some bad things. But you coming back, well, you coming here to the UK mm-hmm. and living with me, it was like, oh, my gosh. It's literally just like uni again. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm chilling with my boy. Like we're going for walks, we're going to cinema, we're chatting, chilling, like chilling. we're watching football, watching, football. watching basketball. Like it was just so much fun. I am glad that I wasn't here for the seven nil. <laughs> I would have died. <laughs> I would have died for him. <laughs> so yeah, and you support you support Man United, but mm. that was fine because so it's one of those. Think about it. United has been mediocre for the entirety of my twenties. Imagine living through your entire twenties and your team is like crap. <laughs> my team has sucked for ten years. It is what it is. At least you've seen Liverpool win the Prem in your twenties. But be careful, they could go 10 years on you, like what United's done to be. Who could go on 10 years? Liverpool could go 10 years without winning the Prem. It could happen. It could happen. I'm just saying, be, be aware that your team could break your heart like yeah, that. Yeah, because it, be it happened to me. <laughs> it's a cautionary tale. Mm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, but listen, I think we're going to win the Prem. We could win it next year. We could win it the year after. I, I, I'm I'm happy with what I'm seeing so far because I think it unlocks a different part of this Liverpool team. Listen, Darwin Nunez is gonna score goals, bro. Gakpo is Darwin gonna Nunez score goals. Looks sharp. Like yeah, Cody Glockpo. Get a Gakpo. He scored against you guys. I was literally like this game. Oh. I was like, I want him to score 
McAllister is going to score against United. A penalty. <laughs> a penalty. I'm calling it. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so, you know, so I, and someone with like Darwin Nunez as well, he's now going to get so much easy balls from that uh, Donny. Uh, what's so yeah. So he's going to be getting easy buckets, I think, soon. And it'll just be instinctive. You won't have to think about it because I don't know whether that was his problem when he had too much time to do things. If he, you guys get Romeo Lavia, yeah, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. To be fair, I think we also, I know Arsenal, I know a lot of teams are pushing for him because he is homegrown. So we need one homegrown player. Um, Arsenal is on the brink. They are in a position where they can actually improve their team by just going all out in the transfer market. Like if they get Rice, they'll be better than what they were like yeah, last season. Definitely. Probably would have won the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what Havertz is going to do, but you know. I, I think he could be... Just like someone like um, Jordan Paul, I think a change of scenery could change be really scenery. good for them because Havertz, Chelsea were were performing low last year anyway, and I think he doesn't know. No one knows where to play him, so I'm thinking Arteta yeah, could yeah. be the perfect guy to like. He's the type of guy who would do well with a good coach. Mm. And Pat him on the back sometimes. And he's chilling with Saka and he stood in London, Martinelli. I reckon he would he he'd just do well with that group of lads. Mm. And then you got Arteta there screaming on the sidelines, but also being a tactician. They're I, close. I'm looking forward to our Arsenal. I'm looking forward to the Prem next season anyway. Mm. It's gonna I'm be looking nice. forward to what Arsenal are gonna be doing next year. I, I wanna go to a game, definitely. I can't I tell you what, you were talking about me being here for a year. Can't believe I didn't go for a game because <laughs> that was like the moment I got to the airport. I'm like, where is Manchester, bro? But then the year just fizzled out without me having gone to a game because, you know, just living life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'm definitely going to go for one of the games next season. Yeah. Coventry almost made the Prem fam. Can you imagine? Rico Arena, fam. I would have been so happy. I'd been like, yo, yeah, let's go watch Liverpool. Let's go watch. I don't even go watch Cov. Maybe I'd go watch Cov. But yeah, I'd be going if it for means like you're going for the home games and you can yeah, see like everyone. Yeah. Like if Harry Kane is pulling up, I'm going to the game. Yeah, exactly. Coventry game, if I'm Liverpool seeing, game. If I'm seeing Haaland, I'm going to yeah, see Haaland. I'm going to see Haaland. Yeah, Haaland is out here. Hmm. Mm. You told me something, Frankie De Jong might be going Man City. What's that? When, when, when we were going on our walk, you said Frankie might be going to Man City. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. That, uh, you should just be deadly. Be heartbreaking. We've been chasing Frankie like. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine, it's like if Mbappe never goes to Madrid, he goes to Barca instead. Yeah, you see now. <laughs> That's what Frankie going to United would be like. To city, sorry. But yeah. Do you think um Haaland, not Haaland, do you think Mbappe, speaking of him, he needs to leave PSG. Like, it's not the competition for him there. For him to be one of the greats, which he's got the talent to be, 
He's got to be competing really in the best leagues. And it's Spanish or the English league, to be honest with you. It's either one. I mean, mm. Premier League's better. Don't get me wrong. But you can be a Galactica or you can come here and battle out with Haaland. Or Bellingham, who knows? You can play with Bellingham, then you can both come over. I think oh, he's just saying, look, I'm on like a super, super max because he's earning, how, how much is he earning? Ridiculous know, man. money to rip his hometown and just maybe win them the Champions League. Because if he wins PSG, the Champions League in his last season, he's already alleged because he's won the World Cup. Yeah. So he's like, okay, if you guys are going to pay me like a million euros a week or whatever to just stick around and keep my body in shape for me going to like Spain or the Premier League, because he's also saving his body by staying in France, you know. So that's, that's what happens. Look, you've got Panasonic, which makes great video. But then says, okay, we're not going to give you autofocus. <laughs> and then you've got Sony, which makes brilliant cameras. Yeah, they do make really cameras. But just say, okay, we're not going to care about color science. And, and every, every camera company has its own shenanigans. And then Fuji Tell me about has Fuji. face tracking and good color science, but you can only record 30 minutes. Yeah. So Fuji is like the best hybrid camera. Yeah. If you dabble a bit in videography, but are also a photographer, you'd be hard pressed to find better, you know, and they've got that nice look. Yeah. The, the, the aesthetic is nice. Yeah. The, the little dials. Yeah. So Fuji is the company that goes like eight out of 10, eight out of 10, eight out of 10, like this solid performance. And then these other guys are going maybe nine, nine, five, <laughs> six out of ten. You yeah, know, yeah, there's more. Yeah, you know, so, I guess because it caters to more people as well. I guess. But yeah. Then also, yeah, yeah. they are good cameras. They're they're quality cameras. I think they're all quality cameras. They're, yeah, they're, like, and they're all, they're all being made in Japan. Like every every camera of repute is made in Japan. Shit. Yeah, I, I don't say, know yeah. where Black Magic is from though. Could be American. Cause I've seen videos when I was looking about getting my Fuji camera, cause I had uh, a Canon 3000D mm-hmm. and it just got to the point where when I was trying to do, when I'm trying to take a photo, there's no in stabilization. So like any change in light or anything, it would take like 10 seconds, 15 seconds to take the photo. Was that the Canon? Yeah, that was a Canon. And mm-hmm. it was an old Canon to be fair. It was about yeah, yeah. six, seven years old. It's just like so, my little, uh, GH5 mm. Like the newer models Are actually quite Yeah, yeah I'm sure Because you've got to You've got to have it Don't you Panasonic yeah. has got Really good stape mm. It's like Top of the range stape Yeah So yeah But they so. just don't want to Give us Autofocus <laughs> <laughs> The new S5 That came out Does have autofocus So Yeah So, so yeah It's your new models But yeah no But Yeah I'm enjoying Using the Fuji To be fair it's, um, it's beautiful it's a good Yeah camera. I like and it And I'm going to This is going to be the first holiday I get to use that camera on <laughs> Tell so, me about Are you ready for Hawaii? Am I ready for Hawaii? <laughs> Did you guys book the White Lotus Hotel or something? No. 
Jacket that would have been such that a great been experience. Solid. Listen, one day we will book a wireless. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do those actually exist? Do they? No, I'm asking. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that'd be interesting. This is where we need the, the little Joe Rogan, the little TV. We're like, yeah. Oh, so yeah, with this little... guy. What's the guy that's always there and he's been there for such a long time? Uh, great chap Yeah So like pull the video about Another <laughs> and guy, pulls another the guy. Video. Yeah exactly, exactly You think you'll be able to do that With AI In like five years Oh my gosh Probably If you can just be sitting here And say Yo Siri Nah Siri Siri I'm disappointed in you You say Yo chat GPT Can you please pull The video From I don't know Whatever Whatever archives yeah. While you're doing your podcast you have an AI be your podcast assistant. I think you synthesize the vibes. Oh, mm. I think you could. I think you, you could. could. I think you could definitely. Because listen, the stuff is already looking powerful anyway. Like I, when I first heard about ChatGPT and AI, I was like, I just saw all the sort of doomsday people saying, "Oh, it's going to be the end of humans and all this and that." And I was like, okay, I can see where it can happen. Don't get me wrong. If Probably it gets put- is the end of humans. Yeah, yeah, if it gets into robots we don't know, as yeah. well, like you, we, we're we're not gonna be um, it's not gonna be good times, good vibes. But yeah, it's it's brought about such good vibes yeah, and usefulness as well. It's very useful. It's so useful. It's gonna make productive people more productive, and there's gonna be more value addition into the microeconomy I feel because everybody is just more productive because you don't have to waste time doing my mundane things it's like how you don't need typists anymore today mm. or you don't need fax machines or whatever you know everything is just going to get more streamlined and the key is to make sure that you're skilled enough to keep climbing the just bottom line of relevance yeah. you know because this new wave of AI is going to make so many skills that are relevant today become redundant. You know, I was reading an article about how this contractor in Silicon Valley said, we're making more money than all the programmers in the tech companies, just being handyman and repairing the offices and being elevator engineers, because now office jobs are becoming redundant, but people are still going to need maintenance for their Mm. buildings. Those server rooms need to be maintained, you know. So there's skills that are going to become more rewarding than they have been before. And then there's going to be some clerical administrative jobs that are just going to get wiped out because you can just get a computer to do it for you. Yeah. as And, you know... I don't know if you've watched Secret Invasion yet. Um, I don't know if you have. Oh my gosh. Nick Fury at his best. Samuel Jackson. I mean, Samuel Jackson can do no wrong anyway, but. I'm sorry. I'm so behind on my Marvel films. (laughs) But yeah, nah. First, I have to watch Spider-Man. Into the spider, no, across the spider verse. Into and across. Into and across. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're in for. I'm not gonna watch anything else until I watch those because apparently those are the top notch. You are in for some of the best superhero movies you've seen. 
Yeah. Some of the, one of the best Spider-Man movies you've ever seen. Honestly. I've heard. I've heard. It's I high think praise. I've, got, I've got time for Spider-Man. Yeah. But, time for Spider-Man and Batman. Like, since we don't have, the, the Avengers are done, right? Nah, Avengers are coming back. Really? I, they've got as we knew them. No, no, as we knew them. No, no, yeah. No. So, so fucking bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bro. Who's gonna beat these Avengers? Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, The Hulk. Who? Everybody was there, bro. Well, Black Panther. Yeah, that's true. Well, listen, we've still got Black Panther. We've got Doctor Strange. You got Captain Marvel. You got Spider Man. Who else is left? I mean, the Hulk could always make an appearance. I mean, he was in She-Hulk. He looked okay in that. But I think they've got plans to try and recreate their magic. Obviously, it can't be... The first Avengers movie is one of the best films I've seen. Like, just in terms of pure... I'm not even just like... Just pure enjoyment. I'm not talking about like narrative and structure and everything else. But it was great. It was great for what it is. And mm. I absolutely loved it. And then, you know, then Infinity War was hey, Thanos. Thanos mm. is, is is one of the greatest villains of all time. Mm. Yeah, I feel like he was the defining factor in those last two blockbusters. Yeah, because how do you beat a villain that kills everybody, like kills half of the universe? Just with a click of his fingers, that is like genocide, holocaust at the highest level. You're you're the most evil person ever to live. Yeah, you know the snappy thing, like, and he was doing it by himself, just going to different worlds and halving people anyway. <laughs> so he was like, stones, I need a quick way to do this. <laughs> so it's a very villainous way to think and to do. But I guess you know what? That's what they're trying to do. Well, they're trying to top it. Kang nah, My brother Jonathan Majors nah. Yo I've been hearing About Jonathan Majors Jonathan Majors Is a villain in real life bro. What's, he <laughs> What's he doing What's he doing Nah bro But yeah Look I'm just more Optimistic about Oppenheimer mm, That's gonna be Christopher Nolan Looks like he's back At his best with that one I think oh, Tenant It was <laughs> it wasn't the best of films. It was a it was a bit too Denzel Washington's son. I didn't know that guy was Denzel Washington's son. And what's his name? The dude from Twilight as well. Yeah. The one that played Batman, isn't it? No, look. Uh Tenet was like a B-tick inception. <laughs> you know. Because it's Christopher Nolan, it's crafted well, but then yeah. like it looks interesting and cool and it's it's a yeah. spy sort of take. We just ended up is... watching because it's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like okay, I'm gonna watch yeah. this. So yeah, he's he's deserved and earned that reputation of like if it's Christopher Nolan, I'm seeing it. And then his work with Hans Zimmer and oh. Hans Zimmer, bro. Oh. Hans Zimmer tickets are like three hundred and fifty pounds for the cheapest. <laughs> you know what my mates just did? Paddy, John, and all of them, um, Ty. They went to a Czech Republic to go and watch Hans Zimmer because tickets there were like half the price of tickets here. So they figured out 
it'd be just a little bit more to go to Czech Republic and watch Hans Zimmer than buy a ticket here in the UK. I wasn't free because I was practicing for Scoot. I was because doing Because the tickets for his London concert were like £350, How bro. can you get away with that? How can they be cheaper in another country and then more... Okay. Yeah, I, of course. I, I, well, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It makes sense. Mm. But still, it's unfair. Yeah. For, for some of us like that, so you know what I mean? We're, we're not all forking out for hundred quid. Just, I want to watch Hans Zimmer, don't get me wrong. It, but if it, I could it, get it a holiday must be and go... a great experience. To Hans Zimmer, that'd be a lot more fun. Mm. But yeah, Hans Zimmer is something else, isn't it? He's, he's, so imagine uh, the sounds of Hans Zimmer on a decent film. Like, you know, the film score is already very nice. And then you get Hans Zimmer. You know, he made, um, I think he saved, what you call it, uh, Timothy Chalamet. Dune. Dune. I haven't watched Dune yet. What, what, do, you think, what do you think on it? It's got a Hans Zimmer soundtrack. Yeah, bro. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that alone kind of saves whatever comes. They've got a. It's a decent storyline with, and it's the guy who did Blade Runner. Yeah. Twenty fourteen or nine. That was a very pretty movie. To be fair, it was a very great movie. Actually, yeah. But so he does these Dylan Villeneuve visual spectacles. Yeah, Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. These these visual spectacles. So June is like a visual spectacle. Mm -hmm. It's a space opera, isn't it? Like it's sort of. Yeah, like I see why they went for it. Like gentrified Star Wars. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's jokes. Gentrified Star Wars. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Let's see what happens with Barbie two coming out the same day. Yeah. Barbie, I I was in the same. Like grown men wanting to go watch a Barbie. Exactly, bro. I saw that trailer and I was like, "Yeah, I want to watch Barbie." Oh, (laughs) Nicki Minaj soundtrack. (laughs) Ryan Gosling, and you've got Mm. the woman from Sex Education who sort of looks like Mm -hmm. her as well. It looks like Margot. And you got Mark, you got Margot Robbie. Come <laughs> on, just alone. Margot's oh, a great talent. Gosh, She's yeah. great, gorgeous to look at as well. So mm-hmm. makes sense for Barbie. So it's 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 a recipe for success. Mm, it is, it is, it is, it is. Yeah. Um, I remember how we got onto this in terms of when I said secret invasion. Right. You know when you watch it, AI made the head titles of it. So you're, when you watch it, I won't spoil it for this. I mean, I kind of spoiled okay. who made it, but oh, go ahead. you're already seeing how AI is can be taking jobs because someone would create mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean? And it's I, I like it personally. When I first saw it, I was like, okay, it's kind of cool. I, I like it fits with the Cree vibe and, you know, mm. honestly, ugh, such a good series. When, when your enemy is someone that can change into you, you're in trouble. Or oh, that can change into anybody. Yeah. So trouble. it's like that blue chick from X-Men. Yeah, so, yeah. What's her X- name? Oh, Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Yeah, yeah. I think her, hers is a little different because she can... To be fair, they're kind of the same, actually. Yeah. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> so it's spooky. But then imagine... That's an alien species that is. So what do you enjoy about making podcasts like this? 
Oh, that's an interesting question. You know what? When before we did all of this, I was getting super giddy. You could probably you were seeing me anyway. I was <laughs> like, oh, can't wait to do this. Like, what the hell can't is he do doing? Do <laughs> like, oh, I'm so excited. Yay. But I think what I enjoy doing is just having a chat with somebody, like mm. finding out about things you go through, things you enjoy. Laugh, laughing with people is something that is just, it's holistic. You feel great afterwards. It's, you're having human connections with each other and you're just enjoying yourselves. So when I can have humor, when I can, when I can talk about serious things when I can talk about just life and it's just something which brings me joy. Brings you joy, brings yeah. Joy. That's the thing. I can see that you're enjoying it, and that's always like a prerequisite step one of whatever it is that you're doing. You have to enjoy it, which again now is a difference between living in the UK and living in Zimbabwe, for example. You can be skilled at podcasting in Zimbabwe, but you can't really have an anticipation that you're going to break out and make a living from it. Whereas with you, as you grow, you're 64 podcasts in. Joe Rogan started really blowing up like further down the line. A mm. lot of podcasts that blow up, blow up on like episode. A hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something you know, like that. Yeah. Especially the very niche, you know, the very, you know, you have to build your, your fan base. So there's like a very good timeline ahead of you if you keep doing what you enjoy and perfecting your craft. Now you're, the very fact that we've decided to set this up and test the engineers of Fujifilm and Panasonic is because now you're just stepping up your game because once you start recording this way, what's stopping you? You can just pull up on, I don't know, T, what's it, Ch Chihuahua, what's this guy? <laughs> You can do a podcast with that Chihuahua guy. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, the Munya Chihuahua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's fun, got fun, buzz. Guy in Britain, do bro. you know he's got bars, fam? Bars? What do you mean? What's no, bars? he's got bars. Like oh, he's got bars. Oh, yeah, listen, yeah, those videos are great. Like if and jokes like aside, like yeah, they're jokes. He's got bars, but he's actually spitting, fam. Yeah, exactly. He's a baller. And I love that guy. I love that guy. Yeah, and, I'm yeah, yeah. and I'm glad we're seeing. Zimbabwean men and even Zimbabwean women, like with V Kativu, we're seeing yeah our generation, well, as young people. She's actually with Michelle Obama. Yeah, she, Michelle, she was Prince Harry the other day, bro. In, oh gosh, in America, she's hosting the Diana Awards with and him. And apparently, um, you know the the Pakistani chick who was on the oh. cover of Time magazine or whatever. Was at her birthday party, Manala. as you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, they're best Is she friends. Pakistani or Af Af I can't remember. Or Afghan. Sure. Yeah, either way. Yeah. Shout out to her. And she was there, bro. Yeah. She yeah. Was there, yeah. She was there. I'm like, okay. So, and there were other Zimbabweans that were there as well that were on the come up. And so, you know, we're on the come up, person. We're on the come up. Yeah. We're doing know. well. Except this cricket team. Let <laughs> me shut this out before it depresses me. <laughs> can't be supporting United. And the Zimbabwe cricket team at the same time. It's too much pain. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you very much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed talking to Taku. I always enjoy talking to him, to be honest with you. So it was a really interesting and insightful conversation. Um, and even just some of the stuff that we were talking about and chatting about, I think is quite interesting. And so I always love sort of having conversations with him and having these sort of types of conversations where we're not really... Um, I don't know I say dissecting society but we do dissect society a bit in this episode and in the part two we dissect society a little bit as well um but you know I always just love talking about stuff that interests me and that's a part of me you know we we talk about Putin we talk about politics we, we talk about Zimbabweans that are doing fantastic um we talk about um, into the Spider-Verse and Avengers and Offenheimer. Literally, we saw Offenheimer yesterday. Um, this is well, this is coming on Friday, um, but we saw Offenheimer on Monday. I'd actually seen it twice. I seen it with my my other group of friends on Sunday. Um, so Christopher Nolan can do no wrong in my eyes. It was a great film. Killian Murphy also did pretty fantastic in it. Everyone did fantastic in it actually. Um, but yeah, it was it was good. It was good. I enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Let me know what you think about this episode. Um, If you did enjoy it, then there is a part two of this conversation. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy that as well. And so before we go, I just want to tell you that there's going to be a little bit of an announcement on the Black and Raw social media feeds. Um, So go and check that out. That is going to be Monday, um, Monday, the 31st of July. So go and check that out. Tell me what you think. Um, and hope you guys enjoyed that little announcement and yeah I don't think I have much more else to say to y'all other than thank you very much for listening I hope you enjoyed the episode tell me what you think and yeah if you want to find out more about Taku or if you want to um, check out his music they'll all be in the show notes so you can go and do that there brilliant so thank you guys and we'll talk soon In a pride of whole face, whole face, going through my whole face, whole face. Lonely, lonely, calling on my homies, homies. Whole face, whole face, going through my whole face, whole face. Lonely, lonely, calling on my homies, homies. Sunday, it'll all get better one day. As buddies, you know my wife.